0: hello and welcome back to the keep growing podcast my name is Emmeline. today we are currently still on the series of the five women in the bible who were considered barren but eventually conceived which is just so miraculous and amazing so today we're going to be talking about rachel um the first two stories we talked about um with Sarah and Rebecca, they were from the same family line and actually Rachel is too. She is the last um from Abraham's family tree that we're going to be talking about. So, just in case you guys forgot, Abraham and Sarah had Isaac, and then Isaac and Rebecca got married and they had Jacob and Esau. So, now this story is about Jacob and his wife, well, wives. This is another wild story, so <laughs> prepare yourselves for this. When Jacob and Rachel first laid eyes on each other, they instantly fell in love. Jacob knew he wanted to be with Rachel. He made a deal with her father that he would work for seven years, at, and at the end of the seven years, he would get to marry Rachel. So Genesis twenty nine twenty through 21 says, so Jacob worked seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her, which is so sweet. So then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife, my time is completed and I want to make love to her. He's very straightforward on what he wants from her. So Laban brought together all of the people of the place and gave a feast. Now it was time to consummate the marriage. This is where it gets crazy and even crazier than a Lifetime movie. So when evening came, Laban took his daughter, Leah, not Rachel. He took Leah, his other daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. Meanwhile, Laban had his servant watch over Rachel. When morning came, there was Leah. Jacob was shocked. Can you imagine that? After serving seven years for the love of your life, you just get deceived. I cannot imagine how Jacob and Rachel felt. So Jacob said to Laban, What is this that you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the the younger one also, in return for another seven years of work. If I were Jacob, I would be livid. And also if I were Rachel and my dad deceived me in that way, I cannot imagine. I am a younger sister. I have an older sister. So just thinking if that situation happened to me, oh my gosh, I don't know how I would even go on. I would be such a mess. So after the week, Laban gave Rachel um, or gave Jacob Rachel and Jacob worked for Laban for another seven years. Jacob's love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. Leah. Rachel was recognized as the beautiful one. This obviously made Leah feel feel horrible about herself. Genesis 29, 31 says, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah believed that if she were able to get pregnant and have children, Jacob would love her more and their marriage would get better. So after Leah had her son, she said, God has seen my misery. And this is a sign that now my husband will love me. Leah went on to have son after son, naming them each after how she was feeling. Reuben meaning to be seen, Simon meaning to be heard, Levi meaning to feel connected, and with her next son, she decided to praise the Lord. So she named him Judah, which means she gives praise to God. So it's clear how Leah truly felt. I think we can all relate to that sort of feeling. She wanted to feel seen, she wanted to have a connection with Jacob, she wanted to feel like her voice mattered. Leah is a perfect example that a baby cannot fill in the empty holes of our marriage or make us complete. Only God can. A child can bring us an immense amount of joy and happiness, but we'll never be able to heal every wound that we have. And I know I'm so guilty of this. So many times I think to myself, oh, if I was pregnant or if I had this or if I had that, then I would feel complete and I would be happy. But guess what? If we keep that pattern, we will only be disappointed and be feeling left heartbroken. It's so easy to look at other pregnant women and feel like, They must have it all together and they're in pure bliss and everything is so happy. But oftentimes that's not the case. I have a lot more to say about all of that, but for now, let's get on with the story and we'll catch up on that on the end. So in Genesis 30, it says, when Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. She decided to have Jacob sleep with her servant and give her children. So Jacob slept with their servant, and the servant conceived. She had the baby, and the servant went on to conceive again. Rachel said, I have had a great struggle with my sister, and now I have one. Unfortunately, this rivalry between Leah and Rachel continued on. Leah stopped being able to bear children, so she gave Jacob her servant to bear children. Their rivalry only grew from here. Genesis thirty twenty two says, Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son, and said, God has taken away my humiliation. And she called him Joseph, praying, May the Lord add to me another son. So I'm going to skip forward to chapter 35, to when the Lord indeed did bless Rachel with another son. Rachel began to give birth, but had great difficulty in childbirth. Unfortunately, this story doesn't have a happy ending. Rachel passed away during childbirth. So that is where I'm going to leave off with this story, but I want to just kind of talk about some of the things that I personally learned from this story. It's not a very happy ending story and it might not really sound that inspiring. It might just sound kind of like sad and like, okay, what is the purpose and point of this story? But When I read through this story, it really resonated with me with some different feelings I have had um, with my fertility journey. And I know that when the green-eyed jealousy monster kicks in, it can be so easy to feel like getting pregnant is a race. And you feel like you start to look at everyone around you wondering when they'll start trying to have kids and you just hope that you can get pregnant first so that you don't have to endure another heartache. You don't feel this way because you're mean or cruel but just because you've been trying for so long you're exhausted and it hurts your heart to see more and more women getting pregnant so easily knowing how hard it is for you. However, staying in this mindset is 100% so unhealthy. I like to be open with my journey because I truly feel it can help some of you relate and feel less alone about how you're feeling. I can say that I've personally been in that boat. It feels like a race. Your friends tell you they're going to start trying to get pregnant in a few months and you immediately feel pressure to do everything in your power to conceive. You beg God to bless you with a child, but when you don't conceive and your friend does, it feels like somebody stabs you in your heart. Here's something that I've learned about God. He never says no. But you're probably thinking, uh, Emmeline, I don't have a baby. God definitely does say no, but I promise you he doesn't. God has three answers to our prayers. The first one is yes. The second one is not right now. And the third is I have something even better planned for you. These answers always make me feel so much more comforted because I know that I will have children and it is going to happen, but it might just be that Obviously the first answer is yes. So it's not that's not applying to me right now and maybe not applying to you. The second answer like I said is not right now, which is definitely applying to my life. And the third is I have something even better planned for you. And the third one I can definitely relate to when I had my miscarriage. Um and that is one of the things that actually got me through. It was I kept thinking to myself like you know, this is so hard like why is this happening to me? And I just it just kept going over and over my head like I have something even better planned for you and I think that we can always get really set on the timing of things and feel like we don't have enough time when we're like oh my gosh I feel so rushed I feel like I don't have enough time to like have another baby and to like try to start conceiving and all these things and God has the most perfect timing and resting in that that he has something even better planned for me than what i thought was already going to be so amazing makes me so excited and going back to his second answer of not right now um, that definitely relates to me just dealing with infertility as i'm sure it does for you guys and it's hard sometimes to kind of wrap our minds around like why not right now like this seems so perfect to me But how many times have you guys looked back at a situation where you thought the timing was perfect and you can look back at it and say, you know what, I see why it didn't happen then and I'm so grateful that it didn't. I think all of this is just, it's really hard to deal with in the now and it's hard to kind of reason with yourself and with God dealing with infertility But when you're able to look at it as a whole and able to look at it from a few years from now, you're really going to be able to see it all. And trying to get pregnant, you know, with somebody or before somebody else does and having that competition in it, it's not going to help anything. And I know for me personally, I know not everyone who's dealing with infertility can feel this way and it's completely okay. If you do feel jealous of other people or if you have a hard time supporting them, like that is okay because that's what you're going through. And if you feel convicted and if you feel God telling you like you need to work on the jealousy or you need to work on not supporting them, then that's something that you should definitely look into. But if you are just really dealing with a lot and that's just your response right now, then that is okay. For me personally, I love like pregnant women and I love hearing about pregnancies and how women are doing and their stories and like their childbirth and just all of their experiences. So for me, like when someone gets pregnant, my first reaction is always like, I immediately, if I'm, if they tell me in person, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. You know, I ask them like, how did they find out? How do they tell their husband? Like how far along? Like all those things. And then whenever I get home or I get to the car or I get to like a space where I'm by myself, I immediately break down and I just start crying. And for me, and again, it's different for everyone. Maybe some people cry because they're jealous, but for me, it's like, I just cry because I'm just so exhausted of being in the situation of like having to be such a good friend to people and support everyone and like hear everything that they're going through with pregnancy. And for me, a lot of it too is I have some really great people who also like reciprocate the questions and they'll be like, well, how are you doing with infertility? And that makes me feel great, but it's also hard when you have those friendships that don't address your infertility yet you're addressing their pregnancy and that is when it gets really really tricky I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that but I've been in that situation before and it does not feel good because it just feels like you are constantly being tested and constantly trying to like be the best friend possible but you just don't get it reciprocated and that's really really hard and again i think all of these situations are so different um i know for me what helps the most with dealing with a friend who is pregnant is just like open communication i recently have had um a couple of women in my life who actually are uh brought to me like through marriage so we're technically family but like not really just like family through marriage but um, they both have just recently had babies and funny enough, both of them named their baby the same exact name and they're both like boys. It's just so funny because it's a very like different random name. But anyway, um, both of them have come to me at like family events and stuff and while they were pregnant and now that they're still like now that they've had their baby, um they've just like talked to me about like my infertility and asked if I wanted to talk about miscarriage and asked how I'm doing and like everything I'm going through and then I also get to talk to them about their pregnancy and like what they're going through and you know how they're feeling and one of my um I guess family members is younger and she's always like you know like, I think you should just really just cherish the time that you have, because I do wish that like we waited a little bit because we are so young still. And then the other one, you know, she has such a different outlook. And I just think it's so beneficial to hear other women's stories and how they feel, because it can really open your eyes to all of like the different aspects of motherhood and maybe the loneliness that you feel with it, or like the different emotions. And I know I really appreciate those open and honest talks because they are able to go both ways where both of us are kind of like venting and healing and being heard. And it's just, it's so beautiful, I think, when women who are on such different journeys can support each other. And I think that at the end of all of this, um, at the end of this story, that's like the main thing that you should walk away with is be able to support women on their journey. And of course, like I said, every relationship is going to look different. So you might need to pull back at times or maybe push forward a little bit more. But if we can all just learn to support each other and help each other, I think it is just so beautiful and so incredible. And it's definitely very healing. I know for me, I walk away from those conversations always just feeling so much better about my situation. So I pray that those of you who are listening to this are able to just feel comforted and to able to feel any of the feelings that you want to feel and feel good about those. If you have feelings of jealousy that you want to put to the side but you just don't know how to, I just pray that you're able to figure that out and God leads you to feel that. And I pray that God puts just amazing women in your life that are going to be able to support you and and to help you on your journey and to make you feel fulfilled and whole. Um, I am going to end this podcast here, but like I said, I hope this helps you guys. And I hope that this was able to just give you a little bit of peace or maybe a different outlook on your situation but I love you guys. If you need to talk to anyone, my DMs on Instagram are always open. My Instagram is at Mead. I hope you guys have a great day and I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.